0: Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored, and actionable ideas that you can mold to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. I recently put out an invitation in the Tutor's Mastermind for anyone who wanted to be a guest on the podcast and wanted to share their story. And Selena was one of the people who put her name forward. And I'm really excited to share Selena's story today because her growth has been really inspirational, but it hasn't been a fluke. She has been so strategic and she's a real action taker. So I think that after this episode, you're going to feel really inspired because she's very open and honest and she shares exactly what she did. She hasn't held anything back. Now, just for a bit of context, because I know that numbers on their own can be very impressive, but context really matters. When I met Selena in late March, 2023, she had handed in her resignation at school and she had a deadline. She'd reached a point where she just could not teach anymore. She couldn't be in that environment anymore. And so she had an existing tuition business, but she had to make £20,000 more by September. That was her deadline. And she had a few months to reach it. If she didn't reach it, she had struggled to pay her bills. So this was kind of a high pressure situation. And emotionally, she wasn't in the greatest place because she was at the end of her tether. She she needed to get out of that teaching environment. Now impressively, her drive, her action taking, all of it has led to her not just hitting that target, but exceeding it. And I can't keep up. As you'll learn in this episode, week on week, her business is just growing. But it's not luck and it's not a fluke. She has been really strategic about the actions that she takes. And in this episode, she shares what they are. I hope you enjoy. So, hi, Selena. It's lovely to have you on the podcast. Um, Selena, would you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Selena Lloyd, uh, founder of Lloyd Learns. And I met uh, you, Samantha. Um I think, towards the middle of the spring term, just after I'd handed in my notice um, at my school. And so you helped me to figure out kind of how to get my plans, my business ready to be uh, unemployed by, by September.
0: Yeah, and it's been, your journey has been incredible, which is why I'm just so delighted to have you on the podcast. I think it's inspirational, actually. So before we talk about how you've managed to grow your annual income by over thirty thousand pounds, which you've just updated me about, mm-hmm. I thought it was twenty when we last spoke, but you've actually grown by thirty thousand pounds in less than six months. I think what would be really great to start with, though, is just understanding your journey and specifically what really cemented your decision from being a full-time teacher, <laughs> <and> a full-time <laughs> tutor and feeling really comfortable to do that?
1: Yeah. So I actually entered the tutoring world kind of in reverse. Most people teach first and, and, and tutor afterwards. But after I graduated with my English degree, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And a friend's mum owned a tutoring company which specialised in English for 11 plus and GCSEs. She offered me a job and I ended up working there for four years. But um, as I think everyone kind of assumes with tutoring, it's antisocial hours and I was working for somebody else so the salary was fairly low and so I did decide to move on but it helped me realize that I really did enjoy teaching so when I saw an interview for an English teacher job come up I I went for it and I was offered um, head of a head of department so head of English at an independent school locally Um, and that was an amazing experience I was there for seven years but obviously, um, as I think everyone looking at this journey of moving from teaching to tutoring knows, teaching salaries in London don't stretch very far. So I always tutored on the site, so I never stopped tutoring, but I was doing kind of one an one evening and, and a few on a, on a Sunday. But then COVID happened and everybody was suddenly much more accepting of online lessons, online tuition. Um, and that gave me back so many hours from traveling to people. So it meant that I could do a lot more tutoring every day. And it was kind of addictive. So I said yes to everybody who asked me um, until I had no more hours left. But I was still teaching at the same time. And I didn't really realize how much damage I was doing to my mental health and my physical health um, by working so much um, until I just, I literally, I couldn't do it anymore. My, my body had to tell me I couldn't do it anymore. So I left school in the middle of a working day, probably a few weeks before I ended up contacting you. Um, and I I couldn't go back until the last week of the summer term. So during that time, I, I realized that I really seriously had to plan for a different future. And looking at both options for me, tutoring looked like it offered me the most flexibility and also the most potential for growth. But I obviously had already been working at a tutoring company, so I knew I had to plan it to work for me. And I guess that's the benefit of working for yourself. You you can decide what you want your job to give you. And so I I knew from my experience with burnout, I had to I had to plan it carefully. Um, so make sure that I earned enough to be happy, and um, but also so that I didn't work so much that I made myself unwell. Um, and so yeah, that's when I ended up contacting you, Samantha, to make sure I got some professional advice and be it right.
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, that journey is just too common, isn't it? Um, I was in the same position where I had to wait until my physical health told me to stop. Because you just push through otherwise, don't you? And I think as a business owner, I've had to be really aware of that too. Because now everything's on my shoulders. It's my responsibility. And it's up to me to put those boundaries in place. And you mentioned about how COVID changed everything because you realized that everyone was very accepting of going online. Did you find that they were also accepting of of groups as well? Because I, I found that, especially with the 11 plus market.
1: And um, I had already been doing some groups on. So I had some groups running on Sundays already. And I was I was aware the groups were kind of People were accepting of the groups, but especially for 11 plus, as you say, um, which was, was what most of my groups are for. And um, so when I moved to online, I didn't initially move groups to online. I moved only one to ones to online because it didn't occur to me that you could also do groups online. Um, but I think what the longer COVID went on, the more everybody was way more accepting. And I did end up having to put my groups online because otherwise I couldn't teach them because of everyone isolating and people not being back at schools and things. So yeah, it did definitely mean everyone was much more like we need we need tuition, and if online's the only way to do it, we'll do it. And then that's led to being uh, the under for the understanding being now actually online is a very, very effective way of teaching. Um, and also it's really convenient not just for the tutor, which is obviously convenient for the tutor, but it's really convenient for families as well when they've got multiple children.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you don't just teach 11 plus, you've got English groups for Key Stage 3, for GCSE, you know, all the way through, really. So let's get to the good stuff now, the exciting (laughs) stuff. So we'll talk some numbers. When we met, you were on a certain salary from tuition. So what we did was we just said, let's exclude, let's pretend the teaching salary doesn't exist, because that was the position you were going to be. In September, so we were we had from April to September, and actually, Selena, you had a pretty pressurized deadline, didn't you? You were like, "I I need to earn X amount of money," and actually, what we were aiming for, which may sound quite ambitious to a lot of people, was we needed you to actually achieve a. Ideally, we wanted a twenty grand pay rise, didn't we? That was our yes. ideal, which you yes. hit, but then over yes. the last kind of few weeks. And every week that I meet you, it seems to change. You've actually achieved a £30,000 pay rise in less than six months. You have now exceeded your head of department salary. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, we're in what? We're in October now, (laughs) um, which is incredible. It's incredible, but it's not luck. You did things really intentionally. And I've been really impressed with how you take action as well. So you know with this podcast i was trying to share really actionable tips for people to take away because there's no guarantee they're going to work with me they might work with someone else they might go it alone what tips do you have for tutors who want to achieve what you have because importantly you did have that deadline and they may be in a situation where they have a deadline or a financial commitment as well
1: yeah definitely i think having spoken to lots of teachers who kind of want to do it that is the main um kind of barrier not knowing how much you're going to earn and so i would say a couple of tips first one would be plan your timetable first and fill it afterwards and because then that way you can plan what you ideally want your life to look like because planning your timetable is you're planning your life you're planning what you're going to do every day and, and how that's going to work And I think people will be flexible if they can. So parents will, if they want you to teach their child, they will be flexible with it. And and if they're not able to, somebody else will be able to and someone else will take that slot. I think just being brave enough to say, this is what I I want and I'll be able to fill that. um, I think that's the first thing to do. Plan it first, and uh, they will come afterwards. So that's that's my first tip. And um, the second one is, I think the main thing that you've been able to support me with, which is streamlining the onboarding process, and do that, I guess, before you start, or as close to the beginning as possible, because it saves a lot of time and energy. Because so I think for the first few weeks, I was trying to figure this out on my own. But there is an overwhelming amount of information online, and, and when you speak to people, everyone's doing different things. Um, I knew what I needed, um, what I needed a website to do. I knew what what kind of payments I needed to take and how I and how often I wanted to do that. But I didn't know exactly how or what was the best solution for that. And I think speaking to somebody um, who knows a range of systems and, and who understands exactly what you need those things to do. It just saves you so much time. So I didn't really, I, I spent a long time thinking about it before I spoke to you. But once I spoke to you, I was like, well, yes, this is perfect. Um, I will use Thinkific as my website. I'll I'll sign up to Stripe and zero, And all of those things have ma- meant that I actually spend very, very little time at all um, sending invoices or, or i actually don't spend any time sending invoices for my group classes because it's all done through the website um, and that means that i've got more time for planning lessons uh, for speaking to parents if i if i need to and um, for checking work and making new plans so streamlining the onboarding process is really really helpful and i think it also just provides a professional um appearance to the parents so they they know what they're getting. It's very easy for them to sign up as well. They don't have to do multiple things. It's all in one place. Um, so I think that's been really, really helpful. Um, and something that I didn't really think I needed that much before, I knew it would be ideal, but I thought it's fine. I, I still have students, but I think it's been so, so much easier. So I would definitely suggest that. Um, and then and one more thing is decide what your niche is. This was also advice from you. So I think before I was taking... um. Kind of everybody who asked um, and i knew what kind of people i was best placed to help and um, and i knew kind of students that i could i knew i could help them but i knew it wasn't kind of my my speciality the thing that i was best at i think making that really clear to parents has been helpful because they know um what i'm best at and it also means i enjoy my work more because i'm doing something that i know i'm i'm better at um, and I know parents know that as well so my I would say just know what you're looking for is it are you looking for students with SEN are you looking for higher achieving students and um, what kind of students are you right for uh, I think deciding that's helpful because otherwise everybody is offering tuition for kind of key subjects and you don't stand out so something that decide on something that's going to help you stand out oh I do have one more tip I know yeah, you only asked go ahead. <laughs> but um, I think the The main thing, um, I think this is especially important for teachers, um, is don't wait until you don't have a choice anymore. So I wish I'd done this earlier. I wasn't brave enough to do it earlier. um, But I think if I'd spoken to somebody to provide support before I got to the position where I couldn't go to work anymore, um, I would have been able to do it much sooner. So I think that's maybe the main thing, actually, decide on it sooner and it will I mean, obviously, I can't guarantee, you, but I feel like it, it will work if you if you do if you do kind of follow advice and do um, put necessary steps in before. So yeah, don't wait too long to do if you if you're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right actually, because I mean, there's I've made some notes because there are a few things that you've mentioned that I think are really valuable and are worth highlighting. But this whole thing about not waiting, I mean, it's true. I wish the same thing because the problem is. When you realize that I don't have a choice, I need to leave, that's when you act from a point of desperation rather than confidence. So you know i I saved up that the way I did it was I saved up as much money as possible. And then when I left, I just thought that money is going to be my buffer. I'm not going to put pressure on myself to earn loads because I need to decompress first. And I did some tuition, I did freelance business training. And it was only after time that I treated it like a real business. Mm -hmm. Because I just didn't have the headspace to, whereas if I had started earlier, I actually could have set up that business, even if I wasn't taking loads of clients, I still could have established it, and then just had this really smooth transition. And you know, some of the clients who have the foresight to do that, that I work with, we just line people up for their resignation date. So they can't take them yet, that's fine. But they can leave knowing these students have paid a deposit, they are good to go Now, I want to highlight a couple of things, because these are really, really actionable. One thing you said was design your timetable first. And a phrase that I often use is design your business. And I think that is really, really crucial, because a lot of us get into a situation where we have set up a business, and then we realize we're a slave to it. And we realize, why am I doing this? I, I could work for someone else, be a slave to that job and get all the benefits. And, you know, so I think that that is a really important thing. Design your business, decide what you want it to give you. And it's something that's ongoing, you know. You know, I'm still in a position where I have to keep revisiting that. I have to accept that sometimes I'm going to work a bit harder, but that has to be temporary. That has to be an investment. Another thing you mentioned was the importance of investing in these systems and streamlining Um, Again, I think that that's really good because what you said is something I didn't know when I started business. And that was that the experience you give customers from before they've met you dictates how confident they feel to work with you. So, you know, let's imagine that you were, I don't know, buying something from Amazon and you bought it, you paid your money and you didn't get a receipt. You know, or you didn't get a confirmation. You'd just be a bit like, "Hang on, did my payment go through? Am I going to get it?"
1: Yeah, I. I mean, I have a, a very specific experience, which um is to do with this, where I signed up for some um coaching from a, an education an education specialist coach, and um I didn't get a receipt from my payment, and I didn't get an email confirmation with. Um, normally I would assume you'd get an email confirmation with. This is the time and date of the course. Thanks for signing up nothing and so I then had to chase and contact and be like did I get like is it has it gone through is everything okay um it was it had all gone through but just it I he didn't set up to get a receipt or send any confirmation and I didn't work with him again in the future um, because it did make me feel a bit nervous and um not very confident in it
0: yeah. And that's true. You know, I think that if you, if you, if someone is joining a group class and they see this really professional website, they press a button, they've enrolled, they get an immediate confirmation. It, the whole thing gives them faith and they feel excited to start working with you again. And one more thing you mentioned was about niching. I like what you said there about, cause you gave some examples. You said, you know, do you want to work with SCN children? Do you want to work with high achievers? Because I think a lot of people, a lot of tutors, see niching as just deciding what subject they want to teach or what Mm. year groups they want to teach. Or, okay, my niche is 11 plus. And that's fine. If you want to do that, that is fine. I'm not saying you can't have a successful business if you don't niche further. But it can be a really good way of gatekeeping who contacts you. Because if you're saying that, if you if you imagine from a parent's point of view, let's say they've got two parents where they're preparing for 11 plus, so the same stakes, same process. One of them is con- currently really struggling with the stamina and keeping up with the workload and they're feeling disengaged. Another is rearing to go and they want more and they want to be stretched and they love learning. Well, they're going to need two different styles of tutors, even though they're both in 11 plus so I think that it's a really good gatekeeper of making sure that we attract the clients who we're really happy to work with because this is a business we're not teachers we can choose we don't have to take whichever student comes our way but it also gives them a really clear way of making a decision if we're right for them Um, thank you so much for sharing those and, you know, I mentioned earlier, look, your your business growth isn't down to luck. And that's, this is why I, I was so pleased that you put yourself forward when I offered, you know, the guest spots in the mastermind, because something you've done is you've been really intentional. You have taken intentional action, which I find inspiring because I hold my hands up in the early days of business. I wasn't that way. I really, really wasn't. I had to learn to be that way. So if you could choose three things that you would say has been absolute key to your success, and I'm not just talking money, I'm talking how you have the confidence to leave, how you felt safe to leave, how your business is continuing to grow, the fact that your income keeps changing week on week, and I can't keep up. What are the three things that have been really key to you achieving that momentum?
1: So the three things I would say are... are not related to income, I would say it's more important to put um, your health and mental health first. So the first thing I would say is I've learned from my roles in tutoring companies and in schools. And I know myself better than I did before. And I I know that health has to come first. Um, And that has to be a priority before money. So the first thing I did was, as, as I mentioned earlier, planning my timetable and I planned myself and it sound, it, I thought this was ridiculous when I planned it. But I gave myself three days off a week. And before that, I, I had no days off a week. So it was a really big luxury that I was giving myself three days off a week.
0: Can and I just interrupt there, Because one <laughs> thing you also did was you went traveling for the entire summer.
1: Uh, Yes, so the the travel was planned before I handed in my notice. um, Because as I mentioned earlier, I didn't feel like I had a choice. I felt like I I couldn't go back in September. I I knew I couldn't. But I'd already also planned that summer of travel. So that was a bit um, stressful knowing I'm not going to be in england to kind of do more promoting or do some more planning for the business so that was a little bit stressful but um actually it worked out really really well because i'd worked with you for a couple of months before the summer to make sure that we had some things kind of lined up and ready to go and and also i i did need that rest before because yeah. I, although I although I wasn't at, at at work it's still kind of you know hanging over you that you're not in in school right. so i did have that summer off which was amazing it was it was incredible and i did do some tutoring while i was away one day a week um, and also some some posting on social media but not really but i think we did i did have to put that those three days in just to know i'm not going straight back into another role yeah. where i'm working all the time where i'm where i'm not having any time for myself so I was, so now I'm tutoring, I think actually less hours than I was tutoring before I handed in my notice. Um, but I'm making more money because I've got more groups and I've got more students. Um, so I think that makes me a better tutor because I'm i'm not stressed i've got more time to plan i've got more time to not even to plan but to think about and process what i would like to do Um, and also i've got more time for me to contact parents if i want to and to have discussions just to make sure i'm doing the best thing i can for the children that i teach so well you've also got
0: more time to relax which means that (laughs) you're a relaxed tutor you're happy you're you know rather than i remember being a really stressed out teacher and to this day i carry this guilt i was super strict Um, In a good way, I think, but there were times where I had to be stricter than I wanted to be because Mm -hmm. I had to manage my workload. I knew that if this particular thing kicked off in class, it was going to create a trail of paperwork. And I was already working seven days a week. You know, I was taking work home. I was working on the weekends and it was the only thing I could think to do to protect my workload. So Mm -hmm. a relaxed teacher Let's not let's not underestimate what a relaxed teacher means for students. You can, mm. you, you're relaxed. They mirror that energy from you, which means they're enjoying their learning. You know, it's good for everyone,
1: isn't it? Definitely, yeah. And I do feel myself not. Um, I just feel myself being much more relaxed, laughing more in the lessons. The children. I mean, the feedback from my parents has been so much. It's been so much about how much they're enjoying the lessons and how they're really feeling like they're like a positive thing for them to come to. So I think that's been that's been really nice. So yeah, definitely important for you to be happy. Um the next thing is um it's kind of similar, but I plan not just each week, but like what my year looks like. Um I think for everyone this will be different, but for me, my husband's a teacher. So I've planned my year around um his holidays and so my holidays will be the same as that. So I've given myself off three three months a year which again sounds ridiculous for someone working for themselves but um it's it's ideal because lots of parents also do stop tuition during the holidays anyway so that kind of helps me with the dips because i planned ahead and i know i know instead of working out my yearly income per month um i do we've done this together doing it over the year so that i'm planning for kind of a year's uh, amount of income instead of just per month so I think that has also helped me be like, well, now I, I know my husband and I have got this time to spend together um, each every few months. Um, and also my students and parents know what to expect and they know that a year in advance. So, yeah, planning the, the ideal week, but also the ideal year um, has been really helpful too. Because I can also plan if I want to do some extra courses, which I'm, I'm doing an, an additional um, independent 11 school, 11 plus school um entrance exam course over the half term. I was able to plan for that and know that's not going to interfere with anything else. And I can do that in the mornings and then be done for the day. So yeah, I think planning a whole year in advance has been really helpful. Um, And the last thing I think we've, we've touched on this as well, but it's don't spend um, too long deliberating things. So I feel like I could spend an endless amount of time researching, looking into things, making comparisons um, and to be honest, they probably would have would have all worked, but I think making that decision to say actually I am going to pay somebody to help me figure this out has been really really helpful. So I was able to kind of just be like, okay Samantha, I need a website that does this, this, and this, and you were like, okay, I know the one that works for you. This is it. Get this one, and that saved me. I can't even tell you how many hours because I am the kind of person that reads reviews for everything. Me <laughs> and so me too. And I, And I read all the reviews, so um, that saved me just so many hours. Um, And also, I did speak to a few different coaches as well. Some, like I mentioned, the one before that was education-specific, but I didn't really feel confident um, because of things like the the lack of um, receipts. And also, I spoke to another coach that was not education-specific. But again, I think someone that doesn't um, understand how education works maybe isn't necessarily going to be able to help me I'm sure they would have been able to help but maybe just not as specifically so I think investing in processes and also advice is really helpful so I do feel like I maybe could have done it on my own but it would have taken me so much longer and and time say time saved has definitely been useful so yeah those are my three things I would say.
0: Thank you for sharing, Selena, And thanks for the the shout out as well. (laughs) I I think what you said there, for anyone who's looking for support, speaking to multiple coaches is a really important part of it because, you know, there are lots of tutor business coaches and everyone shares advice that will work. Everyone does. But we click with certain people for whatever reason. Sometimes you can't even really articulate it. You know, sometimes three people will tell you exactly the same thing. But for whatever reason, the way one person said it resonated. And I think that's a really important part because just paying money to join any kind of support isn't what's going to get you results. It's paying money to the person who's going to inspire you to take that action. And that someone could be anyone. And you only know that if you speak to them or just do some due diligence, you know, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos, look up Instagram posts, whatever it might be. It's important to get that feeling of does this person really click with me? Do I click with them? So that was really good advice. Selena, thank you so much for sharing so much and for giving up your time as well. You're, you know, I think you're really inspirational. I know that a lot of people are drawing inspiration from you in the mastermind as well, and they will be really keenly listening to this. Thank you as well for sharing, well, for being just so open and honest. Is there anything that you would like to add any last sentiment to anyone who's listening before we go?
1: I just think I've been speaking to a lot of teachers, um, who are feeling, I guess, similar to how I was feeling earlier this year. And I just think that it would be really nice for them to really understand and know that it doesn't have to be like that. And you can take steps to, to choose what you want to get out of your life. So yeah, I would just love for everyone to feel that.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Selena. Thanks for giving up your time. You're very welcome. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.